strange stories of peculiar people and extraordinary events throughout history. This is Notorious Narratives. Welcome to Notorious Narratives. I'm Jen. And I'm Robin. And tonight we're going to talk about the leper colony of Hawaii. Ooh. Robin. Yeah. What we're going to do, we're going to talk about leprosy. Oh, okay. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I always talk about gross shit. That's fine. It's like a problem that I have. Oh. All right, problem. If it is, it's a good problem. I am always the girl who tells a gross story at a party. And you know what? Every time. I love you for it. Teach me. Every time. So um, a Hawaiian tour guide said, in quotes, what started as a nightmare in 1866 has a happy ending. I'm already intrigued. A nightmare? I will tell you that no matter what we talk about, no matter how bad it gets, the grass will be greener when we get to the other side. Okay. So just, right. we're going to... Thank you for the warning. Yeah. I mean, it's rare that I can say that, like, what I'm going to tell you is going to end okay, but it's going to end okay. Okay. We just need right. to get through it. Yeah. And it's, And think know, of honestly, the brighter side at the end. Okay. I learned a lot. It wasn't all that bad. It sounds terrible, but it's not, yeah. that, not that bad. So in the mid-19th century, Hawaii saw, the in- saw incredibly increased mortality rates as they were exposed to a myriad of new diseases as workers came from all over the world to fill Hawaii's labor shortage. So in the 1800s, uh, Hawaii saw 10,000 people die of venereal diseases in two decades. So is this before Hawaii was a state? I don't know. <laughs> when did Hawaii become a state? <laughs> I don't know. You t- keep talking. We'll look it up. Hey, we'll Google it. This isn't the podcast with the history of Hawaii. I know that. 1959. Yeah, I feel like, no, so this is way before that. Um, so 10,000 people died in 20 years of venereal de- diseases. 5,000 died of typhoid. And 15,000 people died of smallpox in 1853. Wow. So it was believed that uh, the great influx of Chinese workers that came to Hawaii in the 1830s actually brought the leprosy with them. So leprosy, or Hansen's disease, named Hansen's disease because of the discovery of the mycobacterium leprae, which was discovered by G.H. Amur Hansen in Norway in 1873. Wow, that's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. And so when he discovered this, it was actually the first bacteria that was identified to cause disease in humans. Pretty cool, right? Wow, yeah. Yeah. I'm so. sorry. I was like mid swallow my wine. I was like, I was trying to, trying to make that reaction a lot more better, but I couldn't because I was like mid swallow. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, yes, that's amazing. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. So the oldest skeletal evidence of leprosy or Hansen disease dates back to 2000 BC in the archaeologic sites of Belathol, India, and Harappa in Pakistan. It was also written about by Hippocrates in 460 BC. The only treatment that was really used for leprosy before the yeah. antibiotics were treated, uh, used to treat it, was mercury. But then that can end up being an overdose, be mercury poison. So now you're just yeah, kind sure. of like just going in full circle. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't think mercury ever cured anyone of anything. That was super fun to break the thermometers when you were a kid, when there was still mercury inside of them and you push it around. I actually never did that. Wow, I was such a bad kid. Anyway, <laughs> so in the 12th and 13th century in France, there were 2,000 leprosariums. It's actually like a community of people, leprosariums? Yes, it's like a sanitarium, but for leprosy, so it's like a leprosarium. Leprosarium, wow. When you, the first onset of leprosy, you cannot have symptoms for 5 to 20 years. Typically, the first thing you get are granulomas um, in the respiratory tract, skin, and eyes. What's grain, what is that? 
So it's like um, like raised red areas uh, of okay, skin. Okay, okay. So it's like an like overgrowth a- of cells. Okay. Right. Um, from the granular layer Just of like skin. Just a, a rash on steroids, basically. Kind of, yeah. This results in a lack of ability to feel pain, um, which leads to the loss of extremities from injuries and untreated wounds. I've heard about that. Yeah. Can so, you imagine not feeling pain? Yeah. They have decreased sensation in their extremities. So things like such as like getting like a splinter. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, that, like paper cuts. Paper like, cuts. Yeah. You know, and you don't notice it for a long time. It gets very infected. Next thing you know, it's like actually like a full body systemic infection. It's not just the splinter anymore. Imagine you're walking, you stub your toe, and you don't realize it. Next right. thing you know, like you have to lose like your it's foot. It's like a, whole, a broken foot. Yeah. Um, so it's transmitted by contact with fluid from the nose of the infected person or the infected armadillo. An armadillo? Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, hold on. Nose? <laughs> The infected nose so or it, an armadillo. Right. So it's passed by um, mucus droplets. So typically from... How many mi- fucking armadillos are in Hawaii? I don't think they're... I don't know if they're actually... <laughs> but I don't know if they're actually armadillos in Hawaii. No. But leprosy wasn't only in Hawaii. The wild nine-banded armadillo, which is native to <laughs> south-central United States, um, are a huge reservoir for Mycobacterium leprae and maybe the source of infection in many humans. Because there's another leper colony that we'll talk about later briefly mm-hmm. that was in uh, Louisiana. Okay. Right. All right. It's more common amongst those who live in poverty. It is not sexually transmitted and is actually not very contagious at all. But how does one get it from someone else's nose? Sneezing. That's it. Someone wiping their nose on their hand, touching and touch a doorknob, them. touching your hand. I mean, you know, like it's the same. I, it's in my s- mind, I'm thinking like full snot rocket into someone's mouth. No, no. but but gross. It's sa- <laughs> but thanks, it's- <laughs> thanks for that. So it's transferred just like at the common cold. The best way to understand it. It's mm-hmm. like um, the best practice against cold and flu or yeah. anything that's transmitted by droplets is just basic hand washing. Yeah, people. So if you're going to learn right. anything today, wash your hands, wash your fucking hands, cover your sneezes, Yes. wash your hands. Don't play with armadillos, <laughs> no matter how much you want to. <laughs> Did you know that for years I didn't think armadillos existed? I know. I know. And I remember that you had to stuff armadillo in your old apartment. Yeah, because I didn't believe it. Yeah, it was just like your mystery, like pet. You're like, oh, you know, this is not a real thing. Yeah, and then, Frank the armadillo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for remember. years. Anyway. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely. We're not going to talk too much about what people do. We just want to know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends. So for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. <laughs> Podcasts on yeah, podcast your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. So the first symptom is these like pinkish patches of skin that lack sensation. But the treatment, it is actually a multi-drug therapy that's similar to tuberculosis. Because if you remember, um, I'm not sure which order these are going to air in, but we talk about tuberculosis a bit. Mm-hmm. It's also a mycobacterium. Mm-hmm. 
so it's similar. Tuberculosis was highly contagious, while this was not contagious. Exactly. I think that's like maybe the only difference. Exactly. So uh, treatment is supplied for free of charge in modern the modern world, supplied free of charge by the World Health Organization. That's nice. Thank you. There were 5.2 million cases in the 1980s. Wow. And uh, down to only 189,000 in 2012. Oh, wow. Round of applause. That's... India accounts for more than half of the cases. Um, leper colonies still exist in India, China, and some countries in Africa. Do you think that maybe it also has something to do with our water? I don't know. I think it's just about poverty. Yeah. And but they're, like their lack of resources basic, to like medical resources. Right, hot water to like, you know, wash your hands. Yeah. So the term leper... Um, now is used to refer to a social outcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. I'm called that daily. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they called me in high school. I really was a social leper in high school. I was school. like, it was either that or spicy chicken thighs, whatever it was. Either a leper or spicy chicken thighs. So it comes with, like, the stigma of being, like, a social outcast, having disease. Um, but it was also throughout, like, the 18th and 19th century, it was just sort of thought as, like, an unclean person. Mm-hmm untrustworthy and that like some something about them was like morally corrupt so that's sort of like a little background on leprosy also known as hansen's disease and then i'm going to get into the specifics of hawaii i never really thought that like the term leper meant like that those types of definitions i just thought it was just like i know it was short for the disease but i didn't know that they were actually like kind of referring to you as the person that would be catching the disease I know. You know? like, so, like I for never, years, like, growing up, I didn't realize that when you said, like, somebody was, like, a leper. I didn't that know that you meant, like... a person with leprosy. And I remember when I realized that, that they were connected. And even then, I think about, like, okay, so they were very contagious, so they got, like, sent away. But I certainly never thought of them as morally corrupt. Yeah, exactly. I just thought that were like, just... Like, you know, I just... Unfortunate, poor, unfortunate souls. Those poor, unfortunate souls. <laughs> Disney movies that from. Poor, un- uh, Mer- Little Mermaid. There it is. <clears throat> Good work, Robin. So in 19th century Hawaii, little was known about leprosy or Hansen's disease, as it's called. And they people thought it to be wildly contagious. So in the setting of people dying left and right from smallpox, people dying from venereal diseases, uh, and a myriad of other things that these people had no immune immunity to because they were living in an island nation so they're you know in a sense quarantined into and enough to yeah. themselves yeah. so they're not like exposed to all of these things so when you know there's no treatment for this illness in 1865 during the reign of kaamehamaha the fifth nice hawaii passed the quote-unquote act to prevent the spread of leprosy which allowed the government to arrest remove and remove any infected individuals and place them in places of isolation places of isolation on an already island right so they're just terrified that it's just gonna be like oh, yeah, yeah. And run small, rampant smallpox is something that was and it was already, highly contagious and it was already running rampant so i think that like enough already <laughs> let's <laughs> figure it out kalua papa 
a small unincorporated community on the island of Molokai was decided to be the area that they were going to send these people to live. Kalua Papa is an isolated peninsula separated from the rest of the island of Molokai by harsh cliffs, some of the highest sea cliffs in the world, rising over 2,000 feet above the Pacific Ocean. During the time that people were being sent to this leper colony, over 8,000 people were banished there for having leprosy. They would actually hire people to go out and look for the infected to bring them, to bring more patients in. Wow, so the hunters. Yeah. Disease hunters. I should be like a new TLC show. Did On the ju- next disease hunters. Did we just make something? Like, do we just make a thing i think hmm. we just did i don't know Write i thought down. we were making a podcast but so kalua papa began housing patients on that part of the island in 1866 uh, where they would be quarantined away from affecting any other people this area was under the administration of the board of health the first group of people sent in there were 12 people and they were shipped there they were sent by boat and left there where they were given no provision for food let them to die then They essentially, you'll just farm the land or die. Um, They shared blankets and rationed water and made makeshift shelters. There were two to three shipments of new patients sent in every year. Thing is like, okay, so if they want to farm the land, you're asking highly sickly individuals to do manual labor to survive. Gather, fish, build. Here's the problem though, that they're not that sick. They're not all that sick. Are these the ones that haven't shown any symptoms for like five to 20 years? So like these are potential people that might have? These are people who have symptoms. But but they're not full blown, full. You don't, you don't die of leprosy. You die of the injuries and the infections that you sustain from losing. Okay. So now, so now you just banish people with common colds. Right. Well, not only that, you banish people who really need help and medical services when they have like wounds and infections yeah so now you're gonna make them fish for it and like legit fish for it literally fish for their lives many of those who were sent there were actually young children oh no yeah so they were sent there to live alongside others with their ailments where they grew up in this community and completely lost track of their families many married and created new families there on the island and there were over a thousand marriages that took place in this community. Right. I mean, they're a legit colony. Yeah. Like, yeah. they had, like, churches. They had they have to do volleyball something. courts. Oh, well, that's fun. Like, I mean... Well, beach volleyball. I mean, that's a great workout for them. They had everything that... I mean, like, you can look at pictures online. It looks like a quaint little village, you know? The original village was established, um, and it was called Kalawayo, and it was on the eastern side. So I'll tell you a little bit about the story of one lady... Uh, her name is Nancy Breed. She's now 92 years old, and she's been living in Kalua Papa for 79 years. She said that when she went there, she just figured they were bringing her there to die. And that's like something that you hear like on any of the videos that you watch. It's like, well, they just sent me there to die. But many did not die. She was sent there in 1936 at the age of 13 years old. She was not allowed any time to say goodbye to her family. And when they took her away, she remembers looking back and seeing her mother crying and that she just waved and cried, saying goodbye until her mother was completely out of her sight. And then she was never able to go back home, so she just lived on this Kalua Papa the whole time? Yep. Yeah, she never met any other member of her family. She doesn't remember them. She can't find them. She hasn't looked for them. But, She's been there But completely. then she she gained family on this. Uh, yeah, on so Kalua she got now, there when so. she was... 13 years old. Does someone take it? She lived her whole teen years, her whole life there. She married a man named Jimmy, and they lived their whole life together very happily. So she thought she was going to be sent there to die. So she was just like, hey, at least I'll be there with, you know, 
she thought that she was going there to die. But then when she got there, the place was really lively and full of activities and people who were like her. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't what she thought it was going to be. She thought it was going to be this like dark prison and that she was just going to be like left to die. And then she got there and it's a whole community. This is like, this is a movie. It is actually. This is I like, think, is I think it? they made a movie. Because I'm thinking of like the movie about how, you know, it's, it's the future kind of movie and they have like outer space and like you want to go to new planets and everything like that and they send you off there because like you're diseased or, or you won something or you're doing something and then... But then you get there and it's like... And it's... Fucking Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean... That's like there's people here, there's stuff, there's things to do. I'm yeah, married she now, she got children. There, like, you know, there were like activities all the time and, you know, groups to be a part of and schools and education. That's awesome. Right? I mean, it's sad that she was basically dragged away from her family of course yeah i could barely read that sentence out loud without crying so i made it through <laughs> go me no but you did you you did say at the beginning that you know there's there's some really happy so and some we're, light. we're turning the corner yeah yeah we're out of the dark and we're coming around the corner out of the shadow and she was also once the assistant sheriff yeah girl they did all of the things that ordinary people would be doing they read books you know they learned they, you know, had bridge clubs and dances and they sang and they went to church. She'd only recently moved to a care home in Honolulu to accompany her husband, whose uh, health has been declining. She said that she laughs and cries anytime that she thinks about it because it's just her home. Yeah. So she spent like 80 years, 94, like almost 79. Eight. Yeah, she spent 79 years there. It's crazy, right? I'm just like, I spent like 12 years in this house and it's driving me crazy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it was just like, you know. But it's was... not like a quaint village on the Pacific Ocean. I don't know if she was ever even given the option to go back. I mean, just now. I'll get her there. Her husband. Oh, okay. I'll get there. I was going to say. Was... It's hard to say. Mm -hmm. But it. You cannot really talk about the leper colony in Hawaii without talking about Father Damien. He was a Belgian Roman Catholic priest who settled on the island in 1873, and he actually volunteered to go there to to care for the lepers. He spent 16 years there. He did eventually contract leprosy, and he died at the age of 49. That was a fast one. Yeah. I mean, he was there for 16, 16 years, yeah. Um, some historians believe that Father Damien was the catalyst for the turning point for this community. Under his leadership, basic laws were enforced. Shacks were upgraded and improved and painted into painted houses. Working farms were organized and schools were established. At his own request and that of the lepers, Father Damien remained on Molokai. Many such accounts completely overlooked the roles of superintendents who were part of the Hawaiian government. However, Penny Moblo states that until the 20th century, most historic accounts of Damien's ministry revealed biases of Europeans and Americans and nearly completely discounted the roles that the natives took in Molokai. So everyone talks about this Father Damien that like he, he came there and he established all of this. Yeah. But and that's great. He did do good work. It, sh it cannot be like said that he did not. But it, it seems to be a very European based bias. That, like, the Roman Catholic Church came in and, like, created a better place. When, at the end of the day, all of the money and all of the supplies came directly from the government of Hawaii. So, I mean, you know. So, he, they're the saviors. He did great. On their dime. Got it. Right. Another of the people considered to be a hero to the Kalua Papa colony. It makes me feel like Kalua and French fries together. No? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Her name is Sister Marianne Cope. It was said that she was very kind and loving and that she worked in the Bishop Home for Girls and that she was very close with the girls and she cared a lot about them. She was very affectionate with them, but she was also very vigilant about infection control. 
and that she spent a lot of time making sure that that she kept herself and the other nuns that worked there with her safe. And she said that by faith and vigilance and infection control that none of them would get leprosy. And none of them got leprosy. Wow. I mean, so she says faith. I say she just washed her hands. <laughs> I was like, she, it was said that she taught the girls confidence. She taught them how to sing, dance, make lace, clothing, and basic like skills of reading and writing. Both of those people, Father Damien and Sister Marianne, were declared saints by Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Well, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, they went to a place that no one else wanted to go. Yeah, yeah. And they cared for people and helped people who others weren't willing to. On uh, uh, everyone else's expense, though. Exactly. I mean, you know. I know. There's good The and money bad. had to come from somewhere. I mean, the, the Bishop Homeford Curls wasn't built by the church. Or maybe it was. Now that I'm saying it out loud. I don't know. Anyway. So I don't really know where the money came from. But I do know that the Hawaiian government is not given as much of credit as Father Damien because he is like a big deal in mm-hmm. this whole scene. At its peak, 1,200 men, women, and children were imprisoned there in Molokai. In 1969, Hawaii's leprosy isolation was lifted. And even though they were free to leave, only about half did so. They felt that it was their home, and they just wanted to stay there. Now it's a national park. Oh, and really? Yep. After they decided, after they lifted the ban, the government was sort of like, all right, well, you guys can go now. <laughs> oh, gee, thanks. No, this is my home. I'm actually going to stay. But, right. They're like, hey, but, like, you made us come here. Mm-hmm. Like you know wtf like this i built is, this stuff with my with my bare hands this is my family my this is my house here. this yeah. is my farm I, i'm not interested in going back and so performers such as don ho actually worked hard to um, make the government keep the facility open and continue to fund it basically he was just like you know this place is their home and many people are also very disfigured after the years of having Hansen's disease, so it may be difficult for them to integrate back into society. So at that point, the state promised to provide room, board, and health care until they die. As of today, nine patients remain there as residents. Wow. There are 40 state employees and 60 park service employees that live there. The ranger station is actually what used to be the church, uh, the big Calvinist church. Even now, it's still very difficult to get supplies to there. The rough seas that surround the area only leave one window a year for supplies to be barged in. But now you can actually take tours there and they allow 100 people a day to visit. But you have to actually apply through one of the tour companies to go because they only allow 100 a day. Yeah, and I'm, is there like like specific um, things you have to do, like a physical? Do you have to get like certain shots? I don't think so. I mean, because ideally it's not really that contagious. But uh, one of the companies is named Damien Tours, um, and it's actually owned by a former sufferer of what she calls "quote unquote" the affliction. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna make some money, even though I had the affliction. Oh yeah. So Damien Tours, they have to apply to this woman who's lived there her whole life. And they apply to her to be able to come visit. Um, so there are about 1,200 marked and 2,000 unmarked graves Aww. in that area. Yeah. So a lot of people did die there. I mean, while there unmarked. are... Unmarked? Why are they unmarked? I think for a long time before the colony became very well established. And they probably they had just... like the assistance of basic health care. Yeah. They probably died pretty quickly in the mm-hmm. beginning. And then... And it was just more of a fact of just getting uh, get buried right. than before. Right. I don't know. But um, so to get to Kaluapapa, there's a brutal uh, three mile hike that's pretty much straight downhill. And there's a warning sign that says like warning, there are no medical services beyond this point. If it's downhill, I'm all for it. If it's three mile uphill, I don't know. Up is how you get out. <laughs> True. 
is down in, up out. I ain't my dime. <laughs> so they have like napping stations, like hitting up the stairs. Know, right? Can so, I just sit down for a little while? I know there are like a lot of, there are a lot of stories about mules and like coming down the steep cliffs with the mules. And I'm like, you know me and edges. I'm bad enough on my own <laughs> feet with edges. I can't even imagine being on a mule. Oh please. So the patients that remain have been long cured of the leprosy, but they now they just suffer a lot of the comorbid diseases of aging. So like now they're just like, oh my cholesterol, my arthritis. Good. You know. A lot of the deformities uh, come from the loss of sensation. So burns, crushing injuries, claw hands. A lot of them have blindness. I can't. I can't. From limp eyelids. I can't. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just like, I have to write that down. Limp eyelids. So our girl, Nancy, actually has lost most of her fingers to different injuries. Um, she actually she tells can't a, feel the pain. Yeah. She tells a story of one time washing out a basin and being like, oh, there's a lot of steam. I wonder what that is. And it was like boiling hot. And like she had like third degree burns. She burned her fingers off. I mean, she, she burned them so bad that they eventually had to come off. I don't know. Oh. You know? Oh, I don't man. think she, like, boiled it till, like, the flush fell off. Like, she um, couldn't feel it. She doesn't know. I don't think it was crockpot style, but, you know. Um, she saw steam. There's something's going on. Something's going yeah. on. You know what? There, uh, mm, 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 I'm, I'm thinking very awful things in my head right now about kitchen accidents and not feeling any pain let's just say well, that. yeah i mean but that's also the case of a lot of people with multiple sclerosis i know it's the same I thing know, i know right so it's always dangerous when you can't when you have no peripheral Jeez sensation nope, nope. treatment was developed in 1951 like i said before there was another leprosarium in the united states in carville louisiana it became the national leprosarium of the united states and at its peak housed 500 patients but you remember the one in hawaii housed 1200 at its peak so it was Way, way, way bigger. Though the hospital is now closed, just like Kalua Papa, some of the residents chose to stay. In the United States now, 150 to 200 people are contract leprosy each year. Would you stay? Would you stay in Kalua Papa? I don't know, man. It's really quaint. Like, I'm just, I'm just saying. It looks like, it looks like a New England, like, New Hampshire village. Like, when you look at the pictures, except that you're surrounded by, like, crazy, like, Hawaiian tropical cliffs. Mm-hmm. I'm just know? thinking, like, if I was 13, what was I like when I was 13? Okay, got that image. I'm not going to share it. Just got <laughs> it in my head. But I am now being forced away from my family and friends to live on an island in Hawaii because I show some type of symptoms of leprosy. And then now I have to make new friends, make new family. And I'm sure that, I mean, if I was, if I was an adult and I found a child, I'm like, you come with, live with me. Like whatever, and then you're there for the next seventy nine years, eighty years. I was yeah, like, I so, don't think I would, I would want to leave. I'll be like, fuck you, right? Well, that that particular individual that we talked about, I think she was there for probably thirty years yeah. when they lifted the ban. But at that point, she's been there three times as long as she was alive yeah. when she got there. I was so, like, I, mean, I like, had a great view. I got some really sweet digs right now because you know me and my family we built this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Oh, my I mean, husband, it's so hard to my say. family, I have my friends. It's hard to imagine having an illness mm-hmm. that someone would come and take you away from I your know. house for. I know. You don't, you don't hear that. I mean, it's not really something that happens no. today. Though, given the current state of America, I can't say that it won't happen. I mean, and these people really got there and they really fended for themselves. And with the aid of... They I, worked it hard seems like, and they survived. Yeah, they're just survivors. Yeah. It's a cool story. Leave them alone. Yeah, so that's why Don Ho was like, yo, you put them there. Like, <laughs> let them deal. Like, let them enjoy themselves. Yeah, so. I don't think I would ever leave. I think I would stay. Yeah, I feel like I would probably just stay. Just live my life. 
Yeah. And then make sweet money on it for tourism. Hey, come in, come in this way. Listen to my story. There was, um, I did read one, one gentleman's quote that was like, well, they didn't want us before, but now everyone wants to come see. It's true. I mean, it is true. true. It is true. And they really tucked them in like a place where it's very, very difficult to get to. Even now, it is quite the trek. So like, even just to like, go see it like you kind of have to be in like really good physical shape otherwise you're not going to be able yeah. to get there and so of course what you said that like every every year they do there is like a bay but the water is so rough that there's only a certain amount of time per year that the barge can get in to leave the, the big supplies and then other than that things are airlifted to them oh like and just dropped yeah like, like crates and like madagascar <clears throat> i mean that's kind of how i envisioned it like, like <laughs> right giant giraffe like, like mesh style yeah but who knows mesh i don't know style do you know what i mean no oh, yeah absolutely <laughs> like the chopper comes mm-hmm. i leave like the bags of rice mm-hmm. and then they're out that's what i imagined i'm thinking of um cartoon animals yeah being dropped on an island yeah that's where my mind is <laughs> well i'm glad your mind is in a cute place <laughs> not be. in a dark sad place no, so, uh, no, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy that that the story did have a light ending because there are some really happy stories, though. People, they survived and they had families. Yeah. It wasn't always a death sentence. No, And no. even though they got sent there, they really made the most of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you got? Anything else you want to yeah, talk about? I'm good. All right. The Leper Colony of Hawaii. Just another notorious narrative. Have a show idea? Send it on over to us along with any questions, comments, or corrections to notoriousnarratives at gmail.com. You can follow us on our Instagram at Notorious Narratives and Twitter at Notorious Tales. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Every review helps other listeners to find us. Thanks so much.